Be Your Best You, the Passionate to Purpose podcast with David Delaney. Hello, good morning and welcome to this, the Be Your Best You, Passion into Purpose podcast with me, David Delaney, where this morning we talk with Ashling Hennessy, an abstract expressionist painter and digital artist from County Leash in Ireland. And Ashling's work blends dreamlike washes with organic forms and gestured mark making to explore the seen and unseen. Her work is very much inspired by her emotions, the ethereal and the earth, in what she says is an attempt to explore her curiosity with a layering and contrast within life. Ashling is fascinated with the human mind and how we absorb the world around us to create our own reality. And with that interest in what we think, we see, what we are, what we feel, that can only be truly realised by contrasts. So each piece that Ashling creates links to her own perception of her inner and outer worlds and attempts to capture the never-ending quest for enlightenment. So join us as we talk process, painting, art and all things life with artist Ashling Hennessy. Ashling Hennessy, good morning. Thank you for joining us this morning on the podcast. Hello, Dave. How are you doing? All is good. All is good. Ashling Hennessy, artist, human, mother, creator, person, tell me about your world. Why do you do what you do? Where do you do what you do? And everything that you do. Give me the short version. <laughs> oh, um, okay. Well, I'm, yes, mother, first and foremost, um, painter, artist, uh, dog mom, cat mom, uh, earth lover. Yes, all those things. Um, so, yeah, creating has been kind of something I've always been very much um it's been part of who I am since the get-go really um and it kind of took a long time for it to kind of fully um for me to fully embrace um I suppose sorry now I just have to plug in my um yeah it just took me a a good while to really embrace it so I started um I did my BA in fine art in Galway um from 2000 to 2004 and uh, that was fantastic, you know, a really kind of great way, great foundation in um, the principles of art and all that jazz, you know. But I suppose throughout that time, yeah, I would have had a rocky road and um, art was the way I kind of found a lot of relief and um, being able to kind of channel what I was going through into my art. Um, you know, the lectures and stuff, you know, <laughs> I suppose we were curious about it all and not really sure um, how I was kind of linking the two, but I did it really well and got on very well for my degree and then um, took some time out and then I went back and I did my uh, HDIP in art education in Crawford and Cork. Um, again, another great experience. Um, I suppose that's the thing when you leave our college, there's not really that much you know you feel that kind of floundering feeling and I felt it and of course the next step is like what do you do you know people ask me well what are you going to do now you know what are you doing <laughs> and um I didn't know but I suppose the even prospect of becoming a painter wasn't on the cards then you know it was kind okay. of like so what point what point in in 2004-2005 when your mm-hmm. first piece hung as part of a, a group show at, yes. at Port Leash 
when you look at that, you know, is there a pivotal moment when you decide? Is it a moment of that? Like, what, what did you feel when you saw that piece on the wall? Like, this is part of my journey. And whoa, you know, this is, this is my first outing. You know, this is, hello, Art, here we come. Um, was that a pivotal moment for you? Or, or where was that along the, the road? Um, it was interesting because I suppose I was so green. Like, I was so fresh out of college. I, it was literally like a, an afterthought to submit it. It wasn't something like that was like a goal or a dream like in a way I mean I'd always kind of been like the dynamics was so atta- like unattainable I was like it's over there um so when I submitted it and it won the yeah the still life category which I mean it's such an abstract piece I don't even know how but it, the name suggested um that it was a, a still life <laughs> so yeah it was um to win that yeah it was I don't know everyone around me at the time you know it was all just kind of very light it wasn't serious it wasn't something that like okay now this is going to propel me or this is going to I was kind of working part-time as a waitress I was you know thinking about going traveling you know I had just done my four years in college so it was kind of one of those things of like now I mean if that was the case if I won a category in the dynamics I mean it would be a completely different uh feeling um but it's all just I suppose where your head is at the time and where life is at the time you then it was just like, all right, yeah, cool. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's, and that's the truth. Um, but the cool thing, the arts office have been really cool to me over the years since then um, with regards to kind of anytime I reach out to them, you know, but that's the cool thing too. I do like doing my own thing though. You know, okay. so it's kind of- yeah. is, is there a fear? I mean, I'm talking to creatives on, on this podcast and it's, it's, it's interesting because fear and anxiety and that kind of stuff comes up quite a lot in a creative sense. Um, we've had imposter syndrome, you know, we've had, we, we've had people do things and kind of say, you know, this isn't me, you know, I can't do this, I can't do this. Did you experience anything like that along the way or is that something that, you know, Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, every day I have to kind of silence that inner critic and the, the person going, what do you think you're doing? Who do you think you are? And you literally kind of have to step outside, you know, that... I suppose it is that inner work, that inner kind of child who kind of maybe hadn't been given, have been given the opportunities to study and to grow as an artist, but maybe not the, I don't want to call it like encourage, like the, the love along the way to encourage, you know, mm-hmm. giving the opportunities, absolutely. But just, I suppose a different, depending on each child, every child has a different, different needs, you know, but, um, and maybe it wasn't, them at all the parents at all maybe it was just who I am you know but yeah the inner critic definitely the whole way through um sometimes I think do we blame our parents for too much okay what what does the inner critic say to you is there is there something that an inner critic give me an example of something that inner critic says to you and what you say back to it it's usually people I know from the past which is very strange they're the ones that kind of stick up their head stick in their head and it's yeah who do you think you are okay what, what do you say to them you say F off. Um, <laughs> you say okay. It's kind of it's kind of weird. It's like I kind of stare them down a bit, you know. I've gotten used to it, okay. which doesn't make it easier because they're still there. Okay. But I um I stare them down. Okay. Do, do you still get that? I mean, you've had you've had countless shows. You've had group shows. You've had solo shows all over the country. You've you've, you've paintings. You've pieces going around the world. Mm. 
you know, and, and you're you're established, as one might say, in, in you're established in the in the field of what you do. And it's interesting that you, you know, say you still have the inner critic and that kind of stuff. Mm. Um, is it something that will go away, do you think? Or is, is that part does it does influence your work? And do you say, you know, this is a little piece of me, this is a vulnerability, this is a little mm. part of my, you know, do do we see that coming out in your work? Do you do you deal with the inner child as you work and, and through your work? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think if that critic was to go and the ego, I don't know, or maybe just that sense of like, I don't know, I, it's not always there. Like there's moments where it, it does shut, shut off and I can just be in pure creative zone without any dialogue. Um, but you have to usually get through that kind of the negative thinking to kind of get to that great place. Um, and I, I don't know, I don't see it leaving. I mean, I'm a painter 21 years now and it's sometimes it's way more aggressive um, than others. Yeah, but um, <clears throat> I mean, I'm working on a body of work at the minute and I feel at my lowest, you know, um, even though there's so much great things going on around me internally in myself, in my being, I'm not great. Do you know, so I'm kind of trying and if what happens, it's sometimes it it goes in there and it kind of comes right out onto the, the canvases and that's okay. then I feel lighter. Have you ever not sold a piece of art because it was too much of you? Oh, I have a few of them. Yeah. 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 They're with me. And I have two pieces that I don't know why I, I won't let them go. And like I had them on my website and I took them down. I had them up again. And they just, they're just saying, we're with you. And I'm like, that's okay. Yeah, yeah. They're like sisters. Excellent. Tell me, tell me about the process. I mean, you, you recently moved into a space, a space that you work and you create. And do you, do you have, do you have set hours? Do you, do you work? Like, this is my dedicated, boxed off art time. This is my work time. This is my creative time. How, how do you work? Tell me, tell me a little bit, tell us, tell us how you work, what the process is behind that. Yeah, it's, it's kind of hard to, you know, you think about the artist and being kind of spontaneous and having kind of a very unstructured way of being, but I think I have to be very structured in my approach because my parent and I have dogs and I have a life and luckily my mom's amazing and she's there to help at all times. Well, most of the time, but um, I do, I, I tend to kind of work quite early um, in the day. Uh, and that kind of frees me up then in the evenings um, or the afternoon evenings. Um, I tend to aim for three days a week where it's like full on, no interruptions for the mornings. Um, and then, you know, sometimes if I have meetings or if I have to meet printers or if I have, there's a few different things that kind of few balls in the air and that might throw it off a bit. But if I keep coming back to kind of that structure, I think three full three full mornings is great, but then if I have a big commission, you mightn't see me for two weeks, and I'm just for Mia. My daughter's here too, but I'm just I'm gone. Like I'm inside that piece, and that's hard, you know, because I I do I I kind of leave everything kind of falls apart around me, um, like cat litter. I don't know <laughs> just things. Do you know that kind of usually I'd be on top of. I'm so engrossed in something. It's that real obsessiveness that I get into that zone that everything's just gone, you know? Um, so that's 
comes with it too, you know, and it's like, I'm sure, you know, with musicians, with writers, you know, it's, it's that everything else just goes away. Yeah. Have you ever said no to a commission? Have you ever? Um, I've had to either postpone them um, or I've had to, um, I suppose sometimes, yeah, kind of chat through kind of what they want more in a, well, I'm an abstract artist kind of way, as opposed to like it being. Uh, Painting the cat. <laughs> well, I, am, I actually, speaking of that, it's gas, I am doing an actual painting of a, a landscape at the minute and okay. for an extended family. So, but it's that kind of way, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a challenge, you know, but listen, sometimes that's the thing, you know, work is work. But um, I am lucky that over the next while, I've really, really cool, massive canvases, commissions to do. So it's brilliant. Yeah. Okay. Okay. What's what's the best part <clears throat> about being Ashling Hennessy? Yeah. Um. I think it's that I'm there for my daughter when she needs me. Um. I think that's the thing that if I can do my work and then be a, like do my work so I can be a better mom, I think that's the vision that I've always wanted for my life. And I know she, you know she's only with me another couple of years and then she'll be off in her own life in college and whatnot but I just really feel it's important that I'm there as much as I can be for her um and then you know using these every day <laughs> like it's cool. we're, we're seeing hands we're seeing it's hands cool. yeah, yeah I paint with my hands so <clears throat> that's the thing I mean using them every day like it's so cool like and I never get bored of it you know it's like wow look what you did today <laughs> Do yeah. you know? If you weren't painting, if, if you weren't creating art, what would you be doing? What, like, what, oh, what did you want to be when you grew up? Is there something? Was it an, astronaut, an astronaut. Okay. Or a drummer. The drummer. Um, or a dog, hairdresser. They didn't exist back then in the 80s, but they do now. But I, I kind of wouldn't want to be one now. It's a bit too... Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. I think well, I mean, an astronaut and a drummer is not that, you know, it, it's both, they both involve space, they both involve zones, they both, you know, it, you know, so maybe there's elements of that that have actually, because you, your, 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 work, your, your work goes into a space, as I say, you, you know, the, the abstract work that you do is, you know, when, when I look at your work, <clears throat> I see this, and someone looks at your, and you look at your work, mm -hmm. we all get different things, so mm -hmm. maybe there's a, a link in there. Has, has someone... Has someone ever um, upset you when it came to your work? Has someone ever said, I don't get abstract art and I don't get, you know, has oh, someone yeah. ever really upset you? And, you know, is that part of the, the, the thing, you know, if, if people don't get you? Like, how do you react to someone that doesn't get what you do? Well, I suppose where we would have met again in a pre this, this lifetime, we met in a previous life, but when I had the gallery on Main Street or just off Main Street in Port Leash there during the summer, there was a lot of people who came in and that was the reaction, you know, it was, uh, yeah, I don't get it. Like, yeah, where, where's the real art, you know? And <laughs> you bring them back to kind of like, you try and explain to them kind of the form, but it usually kind of my default would be like, well, I studied fine art in college and, you know, who are you? I know I'm not like that, but kind of, this is, this is what I chose to do. This is how I chose to create. Um, and sometimes you're not going to win those conversations because okay. 
do you want to win? I mean, that's the thing. It's you just kind of sometimes have to like let that one go because they're not going to have a sudden change of heart, you know, and up and all that start. Yeah, you know. I'm, I'm, I'm interested in that because like what what is anything in, in the sense of career mm. like what what is working in a bank I don't get what people do in a the bank they you know the x mm. y and z you know they put this into that account and it doesn't appear it goes invisible for three days and it appears in another I, I don't get that <laughs> myself do you know what I mean I don't get certain things about other jobs and it would I, I feel myself it would offend me if someone said I don't get what you do you know or what yeah so so what what is it about and it just seems to be particular types of of creative expression i mean i see people with sculpture for example and people say i don't get that mm. and I'm kind of what 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 is it you know what is it, the it that you don't get mm. where where does subjectivity this is a very deep question where does subjectivity disappear on a human level why, why are people more receptive and more perceptive when it comes to art have you a theory on that for me, for, for me, it's 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 if it taps into an emotion, you know, um, if it makes you feel something, you know, um, and that's the thing, you know, there's so much minimalist art that there's very little behind it, but then there can there can be too, you know. So it's it's purely, oh God, you really just do want, yeah. So when I'm creating work, I don't care what the person looking at it is going to think because if I thought that I'd never create you know so what I do is I go into that place of okay my emotions what the popular feels good what vibration and that's how I ex express it so if someone comes along and sees it and they get a sense of that connection that's all that matters to me but I think you can, that's hard to find sometimes in like photorealist paintings because you're literally just looking at a photograph almost, you know, so where is that, where's the essence and the emotion, the skills there, the absolute skill, I mean, it blows my mind, and some of the artists in Leash who create um, portraiture, like Kevin McCann, Rebecca Deegan, I mean, Mike Rafter, they're amazing, but for me, I'd eat it, you know, I'd eat it, but I try it, and I love it, but it's it's that kind of way of what, whatever way you kind of connect in, um, I think that's it, it's the emotion, that matters most to me. Um, and that's where it kind of comes out the best. Yeah. Yeah. Talk to me, Ashley, about the last two years and art in lockdown. Like one of your like I said, reactions, one, one of the things you did was open a gallery. The minute, mm -hmm. I think the minute you could. Uh, you know, and so it's lockdown, it's like gallery time. Here we go. You know, I want to show the world these paintings and other people's paintings. And you facilitated a lovely group exhibition as well. Mm -hmm. um, what was lockdown from, from someone who creates and as a process and, you know, bringing it to the world and bringing a painting on the process and, you know, out, out into life? Was what was the last two years like for for you in that regard as as an artist? Was it was it frustrating? Did you build up work and just have nowhere to show it? Did you stop working? What what was it like for you? Um, online became I suppose mm. the most kind of dynamic way of interacting with people and selling work, and I became extremely busy. I mean, literally, once lockdown hit, my my website views soared my Instagram, it, it just seemed to be kind of like everyone was looking for something to kind of something, some pockets of joy around the place, you know, the kind of way. And I feel in some ways I, I created that, you know, for people. Um, 
I kept, you know, all my Instagrams and Facebook quite light and it seemed to get a really good reaction because I suppose at the time I was going to a farm out in Balafin and I was highly inspired by the earth and I was digging and I had a hand in the muck every day and my paintings were uh, a reflection of that, you know, they were very earth-based and it seemed a lot of people were coming back to the earth around, you know, definitely 2020, you know, everyone was growing their own or everyone seemed to be kind of wanting that connection to earth. And I was there along with them and it just seemed to build from there really. Uh, so 2020 was a phenomenal year for my, for creating, you know, for my, my business and for me, you know, it just, it kind of took off. Um, and then last year, this was the same yeah but the gallery kind of took a lot of energy so um this was when it came to painting sales they were down a bit compared to the previous year but i think you know when you look at the year as an accomplishment of what you achieved i think it was more there was more you know it, it kind of it balanced out more um and then this year so far yeah it's I don't know. When did lockdown end? Are we still? <laughs> We're out of lockdown, but <laughs> where, is it? where is it normal? Is there a normal? Are we in a normal space now? I don't know. Okay. That's an interesting. Are we though? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, again, it's, it's, it's how we look at it, you know, and, yeah. and it's interesting you say about online and people, you know, mm. all of a sudden overnight, the world changes and one, one of your uh, pieces um, one of the series that I like is look up and it's interesting yeah, yeah. That the, the contrast between people starting to dig and getting down mm. and getting you know and then and looking up again and it's while we have been looking down perhaps that you know we we need to, to the world has changed around us and, and we need to look up again tell me about tell me about how you what what inspires you to you say you're working on a series at the moment well, is, is there a particular thing that inspires you? Um, like, do you do you go into a, a zone that you look up, you know, or study some art, some other art or some music? Or is, is there any particular form that you immerse yourself in to become inspired or does it just happen or a bit of both? I'm constantly taking photographs. So I'm like obsessive. I mean, if I don't take a few within a day and then I kind of usually kind of gather them into kind of collectives so I can see, you know, skyscapes or kind of you know the light coming through leaves or trees or branches and then just even foliage on the ground to shapes I, I suppose my my eye is kind of probably so honed at this stage I, I love shapes and things they're never going to be the same color as what I see but they're in my subconscious they're there kind of churning and then at the minute uh, I'm kind of working on three different styles of paintings um, so I'm kind of working on ones based around um, sky type kind of ethereal kind of up there. Uh, then some very abstract pieces which are full of emotion. And then I have a lot of earthy ones that have that kind of green because we're coming into spring and I'm just like giddy with the thought of spring. So those are the three types at the minute that I'm working through. But I would have say January was a very low time for me. Um, but I did a lot of walking and it seemed to I have the photographs and I do I just keep kind of going back through them so it's kind of having that little it's like my little photo diary you know and they're constantly just remember me and it could have been from 10 years ago and I have them in a little folder and I'm like able to kind of pick, pick bits out and then sometimes they just paintings come spontaneous and it's um 
it's just pure joy, you know, where it's not really planned out. And I love when that happens, you know, so yeah. it's pure um, trusting the process and just allowing it all to happen. Mm. Digital art and the future of selling. I don't know if you're, again, it's something we, we discussed a couple of weeks ago, actually, Rebecca, on, on the podcast oh, as well. Yeah. And we, we were discussing things like art on cups and, you know, people selling their, their brand, you know, that mm. I don't know if you have an opinion on that. But first, I want to ask you about NFTs and mm. people selling the, the non-fungible tokens that they don't mm. actually have the physical piece of art, but they own it. Mm. Well, I can't get my head around it. Can you? Mm. Have you? Do you? I've spoken to a few, yeah, people who are involved in kind of blockchain and kind of the um, cryptocurrency and they're kind of in on all that lingo and stuff. Um, I do understand it, but I'm not sure I want to be a part of it. Um, I like, I've had discussions with people and, you know, I don't know, I, it's like, I don't have a massive opinion on it, but I do like, in a way I don't, like if, if this is the way things are going and I want to provide for my family and if I want to, use my creativity in a way that I can support myself I'll learn more about something and I will try but at the minute I'm kind of like I know a bit people are talking to me about it blah, 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 blah. but I'm not like 100% sold but it's yeah. not to say I won't be um and like yeah with my digital stuff that's actually yeah someone approached me about that you need to put that as an that needs to be an nft and I was like huh you know so that's kind of where it all stemmed from but yeah yeah what do you think no one ever asks me questions. I don't know. I don't fully understand. I, I, have, a, I have a great yeah. friend. Um, she, she, we call her the Queen of Blockchain. And um, <laughs> back in the day, she's a journalist and a writer and, and big in, in blockchain, attends conferences and stuff all around the world yeah. and speaks. And I still can't get my head around the concept of these things. And, you know, so we, we talk regularly we, we chat i i don't know i i don't know if i could own something actually that that i don't own i i to me for example when i, when I see someone buying the first tweet and uh, but you know it's, it's a piece of nothing that mm. yet happened but does it exist even so do, does it do, do, do nfts exist in the sense that you know if i wanted to in three years time do you know i I'd actually i'd love to have that on my wall for, for me, art is something that I like to put on a wall or to share with someone or gift or appreciate or go to a gallery. You know, I, I don't, is it an ego thing? It could be, I, I don't know. Is it an ego thing that someone buys an NFT that they can say they own this, but they don't that's own it? the way it seems at the minute. It seems yeah. to be like a lot of celebrities and a lot of, yeah, people, well-known people, people with money. Yeah, they yeah. kind of want to kind of show it off or they have too much money to know they don't know what to do with it, maybe. Yeah. Uh, listen. Would, would you, you buy the first tweet? Would you have bought that if you had money? Would you have bought no, the first tweet? I, I don't NFT? even like Twitter. I don't like Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> would, do, you like, do you like mugs and, and cups? and? Play? Do you oh. think you could say... Can you see Ashley Hennessy on that kind of stuff or what's your opinion, if any, on, on that kind like, of activity in the art world? I constantly, you know, as an artist... Um, you're constantly kind of battling that, you know, do not to become a sellout, not to sell out. And and then you're kind of going, okay, who's in my mind now? Who's telling me that now? Who's telling me that now? And if someone was to approach me with that concept, I mean, I I don't know. I, I don't 
think it's if someone wanted to buy my painting on a mug, I think it'd be kind of cool, to be honest with you. Um, it's a strange thing. I mean, it's something maybe that I never considered, but I suppose in the, where I am now, um, especially being in this environment in Vision 85, so many entrepreneurs and straight away, like speaking with them, they're like, you you know, these are the, this is the direction you need to be thinking, you know, business wise, like you, you want to be kind of working towards X, Y, and Z. And it's a, it's a strange place for my brain because I've never really considered that. Not that I ever wanted to continue being a struggling artist. I want to make it, but make it to what, you know, for a year and then what, you know? So it's about making idea, making decisions that have a long-term way of supporting myself, do you know? Um, long, long-winded answer, but um, I wouldn't say no to myself on a mug. No, not, not this on a mug, but like that on a mug. You know, like I'm not, I don't want this mug on a mug, but like, you know, like be grand. I think it'd be lovely. Oh, it's, you know, it's, it's interesting. It's interesting. It's something that I didn't think about before. Um, hmm. But like, so we'll, so we'll see it next week or next year. We'll see the, the Ashley Hennessy brand. Um, I am rebranding. Okay. Minute. Yeah. Who is like, is there an artist that you look up to or? You know, if, if there was a show in town that you would go and spend hours looking at a piece, is there a particular artist or, you know, is there one that inspired you as a kid or someone? What kind of inspirations in the art sense, I'll ask you first, uh, do, do you have? Um, Juan Miro. So he's a, a Spanish artist, a surrealist. So he would have been definitely a big influence in my college years. Um, a lot of the female artists, like, I mean, Helen Frankenthaler, Joan Miro. Sorry, Joan, um, Joan Mitchell. Um, there's some, you know, I suppose the female artists kind of, I only kind of really got in on them later in my practice. Um, uh, I suppose when I was doing my own kind of healing work, you know, the divine feminine and really kind of tapping into that kind of aspect of myself. Um, so, yeah, I suppose Frida Kahlo, like you can't not say Frida Kahlo because how connected she was I mean her art was her and she was her art and it was just beautiful and um, but so sad and but very poetic and all of that in one and I love poetry so that's another part of where um I'd read a lot of poets um and I love David White um, I love how descriptive his stuff is and I love John O'Donoghue um so those two, uh, yeah. If you had a billboard, if, if a big organization came, this is the most prominent billboard we have in the world, Ashley Hennessy, and it is yours for a month. What would you do with it? Oh, it'd be cool. <laughs> I'd probably let a lot of other people write on it first, and then I'd make something out of that. Um, I'd like it to be a collaborative thing, probably. Um, I wouldn't take it all on myself. Um, probably get some young people involved because I know they love art and they love kind of having their little, you know, their, yeah. I'd love that, yeah. Young people and I'd help out then probably. Okay. Yeah. 
Is that, is that the teacher side of you or is that the sharing the world or what, what side of that yeah, is? Yeah, I, I think there's a note, like that's the thing. I, you know, you hear so much about teens at the minute and having no spaces and nothing really. And actually my mom was telling me there's a, a Froega group. They're, they're moving into a space on Main Street in Portlaoise. And I was just so happy to hear that. Um, I know Youth Work Ireland are there, but um, I remember doing a, a few graffiti programs when I was a youth worker and they were never defaced because the, the young people actually helped create them, you know, because um, that was a thing. Why are you putting that there? You know, the, the young people are just going to ruin it, but they didn't. They respected it. And so I think when young people are involved in our projects within kind of urban, rural, you know, wherever, it, it just it's so important and yeah you can get in the big head honcho artist then to make beautiful murals and I've done them not I'm not head honcho but I think the involvement of young people is like massive and so necessary so yeah how, how important yeah. you mentioned a couple of things in, in Rocky Rose and stuff like that and in terms of, of therapy I'm not going to ask you personally but in terms of therapy where where do you see the role of art in therapeutic process. So we mentioned the young people and it's good for mm. the young people. Mm. Do, do you see, and do you think there's enough art in it or what are your feelings on art in therapy or, the art, you know, as a, as a process? Just I think that's the thing. Opinion. Yeah, when you're, when you call something like, okay, now we're going to do art therapy. It's, I think it has to be so gradual and so natural and until you don't even know that that's what you're doing, you know, that it's like, if there's like a doodle pad, if there's just paper flung around the place, next thing you know, people are doodling or they're like, all right. And then, you know, it, it's a conversation starter. I think, and I, I was going to start, I was going to uh, study art therapy and I, I have so much respect for it, but I, I suppose in my own processes and dealing how I've dealt with young people um, and adults through art, I think it's, it's such a, a slow process that it's kind of, the art is going to be secondary, you know, but it's great kind of, um, it's a great conversation starter and it's great to let them kind of express themselves in a way that maybe the words aren't there, but um, it's a hard one, isn't it? I mean, if you said to someone, listen, now we're, there's the paints, you know, <laughs> I know there's very, there's so many different ways of approaching um, art therapy, but um, perhaps, uh, yeah, there's just, sorry, now my mind's actually going a bit foggy. <laughs> there's, there's lots, of, I, I throw lots of stuff at you, kind of in a short conversation. And it's just, I respect it's, it's your therapy. I respect it so much, but yeah, I suppose for yeah. me, I suppose my art is my therapy, absolutely. Um, but if I, and I've tried to teach other people how I do my art and they don't get it and it doesn't work out the way they want it to look like my stuff. And that's frustrating for people because how do you tell someone or how do you show someone in an hour what you've been working through for 20 years, you know, um, and this is how you connect, you know? Do you hide pieces? Has, has anyone ever gotten an Ashling Hennessy that has actually got loads of other Ashling Hennessy's underneath the canvas? A million times, yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Have you ever done it intentionally? Have you ever, have you ever actually done a piece and said, okay, I'm, I'm actually going to just this and I love this piece but I'm going to cover this now and sell that have you ever done that just for um, the giggle or just for that oh god if I loved a piece I wouldn't but uh, <laughs> that's the thing you know you kind of keep the good ones and hope for the best but they do sell you know um 
but sometimes, yeah, there are plenty of paintings underneath there. Yeah, like if if someone was to pick away at them, like they'd be surprised. And that's fun to do even as well, you know, on ones that you know aren't going anywhere and that maybe it's a fourth or fifth attempt and it's not getting there. And you just kind of give up then, but, you know, picking away at it, it's, it's fun to do. It's like another form of therapy. Okay. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So uh, we're coming on time. And these conversations always fly. And I, I kind of <laughs> asked you, you know, from an art point of view, who, who inspires you and why. I'm going to ask you from a life perspective, is mm-hmm. there anyone different that, that inspires you in the work that you do and, and maybe a why behind that? If there is. Um, another person actually that we do know, a mutual friend would be Mary Pat Maloney. Um, so I studied with Mary Pat in 2010. That's when I first met her. And She's always stayed with me as a friend and as a mentor and as someone that I really just look up to. I think she's just, she's, um, what would you say? She's, she has a lightness about her, like a childlike lightness, but she's just the most kind of solid and most um, just sound soul I know. Um, that's Mary Pat. And I know, I know so many people know her different versions of her. And that's her for me. I think in some way, I feel like definitely past life stuff was there with us, you know. Um, and I suppose, yeah, my own mother, of course. And I think a lot of female kind of um, influences in my life, do you know, empower, like kind of empowered women, women who kind of um, are just doing their own thing. They're just going for it, like, do you know? And there's no sense of like, you know, you can't, or, you know, who do you think you are? They're just doing it. And like, you know, I'm heading on 40 this year. And, you know, I know we're talking about the inner critic and stuff, but there's there's something there that like, it would be cool, like if the inner critic did kind of this year, maybe take a, a wee break for a while and um, just let me kind of get on with things, you know? Mm. Ashley, tell us where we can find you when people want to have a look and buy some pieces and support your work where can people do that thank you um uh, through my website ashlinghennessy.com and um i'm based in a, a place in town called vision 85 which is like a hub so i have a space here that i'm going to be teaching and then i have my artwork and yeah there's loads of rooms that hopefully at one stage we might have an exhibition in here and yeah, so it's kind of nice just to be thinking of those things now again, which is lovely. Okay. Yeah. Excellent. And that's Ashling, A-I-S-H-L-I-N-G, Hennessy.com. Ashling, an absolute <laughs> pleasure to have you on. Um, Thank you, David. No doubt our paths will cross again soon. Mary Pat was actually on the podcast, one of the original ones, going way oh. back. Um, so it was a series of uh, questions we used to do. So you have a listen back and, and uh, get a little bit of info. Uh, all the gory details of Mary Pat. Um, but listen... <laughs> Ashling, it's it's wonderful, and I love I love talking with artists, and I love I love speaking, and I love and, and thank you because it's not always easy to talk about process. It's not always easy to talk about your work because it is a personal thing as well. So I just want to thank you for for sharing that with me this evening. Um, you know, Ashling, thank you very very much. Thank you. And that's it for another week. Thanks for joining us this morning and do join us next time on Be Your Best You. Have a good week.